Welcome to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast, where we slice through the noise to bring you the juiciest insights, strategies, and stories from the dynamic world of pickleball. Join us as we serve up engaging conversations with top players, coaches, and enthusiasts, giving you an ace perspective on all things pickleball. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just stepping onto the court, get ready for a volley of knowledge that'll elevate your game to alpha levels. Let the rallies begin! Welcome to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast. I'm your host, Tats, and I'm really excited to have Kim Brent. And I, I want to make sure I get this correct. Is it the two-time national champion? Uh, three-time. I figured. I was like, three-time national <laughs> champion, pro pickleball player, teacher, mother. Yes. Thanks so much for having me on today. <laughs> so, I mean, when did this all start? Wow. Um, well, it all started, I believe, in about 2017 when my mom got to uh, her tennis courts in Florida and they've been converted to pickleball courts, which is what's happening a ton around, you know, the U.S. and now here in Canada. So uh, she started playing this new game and she's like, when you come down at March break, we're not going to play tennis this year. We're going to play pickleball. So that's where it all started. And then by June that year, we entered our first tournament because she needed a partner. And it was just kind of history from there. Yeah. It sounds like you uh, you both played a lot together in the early days. We did. We did play a ton together uh, in our early days. And it was such a great experience for both of us. I mean, we got to do a lot of things together. We played uh, touch football together and we won a national championship playing touch football together. I was the quarterback. She was one of my receivers. And that was just such a great experience to be able to do that with my mom. So we were like, you know what, let's go and win another national champion in a different sport. And uh, it was just something that we, we dreamed. We thought we could do it. We believed in ourselves. And so we went out there. Really, we honestly, I guess we, we dreamed about it, but we didn't actually ever expect it to happen. And so in 2021, we trained our butts off and we came out with a gold medal. So that's actually, I did bring a little, this is my favorite gold medal. Um, on the back, it says uh, women's doubles open. And that's the one that I won with my mom. So awesome. I have tons of great stories, but that one is definitely the highlight. Yeah. So for people that are just listening on audio, it's very, very colorful and, you know, very impressive. Yes. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you won a national uh, championship in another sport. So it, you know, it appears that there's some pattern of or success that you sort of developed for yourself. Walk me through some of the steps that it took because you didn't just show up one day and then everyone fell over and you got a medal. What was your process? Uh, the process in pickleball? Yes. I like to say the process doesn't just happen overnight like you're saying. There's a process that I've been going through, I would say since birth really. Like if I go back to to the beginning where, you know, I would say 
coming out at four pounds, three ounces and having to struggle at life and really survive through and the challenge that that brought in my life, but having learning disabilities and those type of things. And now being a teacher, people telling me like, you're never going to be able to, you know, go to university or you're never going to be able to be a hockey player or you're, cause that's another sport that I played. Um, and just being able to fight through all of those things that people saying, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to win a national championship with your mom at 65 years old, right? Against the 19 year olds or against the, um, so yeah, the process started a long, long time ago. Um, and I've always had a really competitive mom, which gave me that competitive drive to win. Like, I, I like to think like I'm doing this podcast here, but the real champion is her, right? In terms of, and her name is Barb Kerr, for those that don't, don't know her. Um, and really, so the process started with, in 2020, COVID hit, we had nothing to do. And there was a garage that we decided to empty out and we started drilling. Um, I got the opportunity to get a yes from one of, I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, Steve Deacon is our Canadian pickleball hero in my mind. He's one that, he's a person that, you know, he could be playing in the States and never look back like lots of Canadians. Uh, but he shows up at the Canadian National Championships every year. He supports Canadian pickleball. And when I talked to him on the phone and I asked him for a chance to be a champion with him, because it really didn't matter who he played with, was probably going to be a champion. Uh, he said yes to me. And so the process really got going. That's when my career really started in pickleball was just being able to uh, know that I told him that I was going to train hard and I haven't even started training and I know that I can do this. So he gave me that chance. We trained, we trained all winter in the garage um, and just having that person that I could train with, which was my mom. And then we trained all summer. Um, my kids were at the time, I think there were two and six. Uh, so I was pulling them out of bed at 6 a.m. every morning during the summer. Me and my mom would go and train. Um, and it was a lot, it's a lot for them, a lot for us. But we knew that if we wanted to win, we really had to work at it. So it's not something that happens overnight for sure. And so that's kind of the journey and how we progressed. And by just training so much together, it was just the two of us. There was nobody. We were out in our trailer playing pickleball uh, on nearby courts. And so there wasn't really a lot of people to play with. We got some good coaching along the way. Uh, there's people that have helped us get to where we are today. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So describe this garage. Like, Did you put a 10-foot net in there? Like, what was the garage like? And what did you do in there? Uh, we actually, I'm actually coaching out of there. I coach out of there probably about 20 hours a week right now. It is wide enough for a full court. It's also, we turn the net different ways. Uh, we kind of created something out of really, you know, a 20 by 40 garage um, or 20 by 30, I guess, because it's not quite long enough. And we just learned how to do drills in that small space. And so, yeah, it's still being used to this day. It was a something that we never thought we'd be doing. And now I coach out of it. I'm in the garage a ton, training, coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, you know, my, my experience with pickleball is everyone likes playing, but not everyone likes drilling. What are your thoughts on that? The best in the world, Ben John says he drills 100% of the time and he plays rec 0% of the time. So if you're somebody who truly wants to get better in the sport, you have to drill. Uh, he gets a ton of game experience just because he's in a tournament every weekend almost. But for the average person that truly wants to get better, I think you need to drill about 80% and play about 20% would be, I think, an ideal range. And maybe leading up to it before a tournament, 
going in and maybe making that about 50-50. But if you don't drill, there's no way you're going to accelerate and get good fast. And the game is growing so fast that if you're not getting better fast, then the game's going to just surpass you. That's true. There's all these categories, but they're kind of shifting, right? It's a moving target. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And uh, the level that we now see, um, it's just exploding. I mean, just the number of people, the, the you know, people coming from tennis and other racket sports makes it uh, quite strong competition, especially I know it's, it's great competition here in Canada, but I mean, in the States is also a, a whole new beast. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I saw somewhere that you're talking about if you're trying to add new shots, because I know pickleball, like you have fundamentals. And then I see the pros and, you know, uh, always adding new shots. I think you commented on that, the length of time it took and and how you'd approach that. Can you elaborate on that? On how to add new shots into your game? Yeah, I think I saw somewhere saying adding new shots, you're working on them six months and stuff like that. I'm always curious about that because, you know, uh, there's always... I always find there's a lot of experimentation in pickleball. So I guess if you're somebody that's trying to get into pickleball or you're starting out and you're like, how do I get better? I think there's a lot of stages that you go through in pickleball. And I didn't know these stages when I was at the beginning of pickleball, but now I've really understand the stages because I had to go through them and not being a tennis player is also something that, you know, how tennis players are what, you know, makes a good pickleball player, but I would, you know, that does have a, would help a lot. So for me, it might be a little bit different than a tennis player coming in, but you know, the steps are number one, you need to just kind of learn the basics, get the dinking over, being able to do these shots without really thinking about them. So the only way you're going to be able to do those shots without thinking about them is to drill them, drill them, drill them. So your body, your body just knows what to do. Um, I guess next I would say is then being able to place the ball, position the ball, and give yourself that, I don't have to think about the shot, so now I can think about the strategy of how to hit that shot. And from there, I guess, once you know the strategy and you're able to kind of place your shots and you don't have to think about hitting the shot, is really just being able to know if I hit the ball here, they're likely to hit the ball here. And so now I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing or even sometimes even where I'm putting it and just know that that's the opening because my brain has done it so many times. Now I know where it's coming back. So those are the progressions in pickleball. But when I'm implanting a new shot, you know, I'm drilling it. I might drill it, like you said, for three months. And then I start to go, okay, now I'm going to try adding this into a rec game. And then once I've added into a rec game, okay, um, you know, I, I sort of hesitate as I'm hitting it. I still do to the tip, you know, I just got off the pickleball court and I came home and I'm here. Um, and I hit, you know, my two-handed backhand. I've worked on that shot now for not just six months, but two years almost. And every once in a while, when I'm just about to hit it, I get that, oh, can I do it? Can I do it? Right? You still get those moments. Um, and then eventually I hit shots and I don't even think about it. And I go, oh, the lights come on, right? I don't even think about it anymore. Now I just naturally just, my body just does it. So I think that's kind of, is that kind of this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just curious about that because, you know, um, you know, you said you didn't come from racket sports. I come from a racket sports and I can tell you it will help you, but it can also hurt you. And that certain things you have to fight because you were taught to do a certain way. Right. And I get that all the time when I'm coaching. Oh, well, in squash, we do this or, oh, in tennis, we do that. And I'm like, and we're playing pickleball. So this is how, and I guess that's a, that's a blessing, right? For me is that I didn't play tennis. So I didn't have the big swings and I didn't have these kind of things that I have to 
work through. It was all just, you know, new to me. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, this is just my personal interest. What are your thoughts on side specialization? Do you do, you do any of that? Um, I think it it's what allowed me and my mom to win a national championship, to be honest. Um, we took our weaknesses and our strengths and we put them together and we figured out what those were. And then we said, okay, I've got a great forehand. You've got a great backhand. So we're going to stack where, you know, I'm playing the left side, you're playing the right side. You can use your forehand more often. I can use my, or my, your backhand. I can use my forehand more often. Um, so I really think that it makes a difference if you can learn to stack, if you can learn to play a side. And just because you're playing, I think one of the best in the world, Annalie Waters shows, it doesn't matter if you're playing the right side. That doesn't mean you're the weaker player, right? Uh, it just means that that's maybe the side that you're better as a team. So I definitely think that going into it, you have to know who's going to be the dominant player. There's always going to be one dominant player that should know that they're taking the middle. And without that knowing who the dominant player is, if that ball's right in the middle, then who takes it, right? So going on the court and knowing that and being able to play to your strengths. So yes, I, I for sure think that there's different sides, but I do think they can change over time. So I was always loving the left side um, and recently I've just learned some new skills that I think, well, now I can use my forehand on the right side and, you know, that's where I think I'm doing more damage is on the right side where I have down the line, down the middle cross court. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, is there anything that I did not ask you, but you wanted to share? First of all, I would like to thank my sponsor. As you can see, I've got, well, maybe you can't see, but Selkirk has supported me before I was a national champion and they've continued to support me in the game of pickleball. I used their paddles before I was sponsored with them because I do think that they have the best gear in the game. So that's one shout out is to Selkirk and just the amazing gear. If you can see it, there's my new favorite paddle is the 006. Um, so I just think they have some really awesome gear. And uh I guess some shout outs to, you know, the people that have supported me in pickleball. It's not easy. It's not been easy for my family, right? As you said, I am a, a mom, a full-time high school teacher. I'm coaching pickleball 20 hours a week. So there's some sacrifices that have to be made where, you know, my husband's looking after the kids most nights of the week that we get home from work. I'm out in the garage coaching pickleball. I have a mother-in-law who just is my number one fan besides from my own mom, right? So I've got a lot of supportive people around me uh, that have helped me get there. My very first coach, uh, Mike Goche, has supported me through, you know, he was my first partner. Um, and then we had Ryan Haynes who took over coaching. I've had just so many people who have kind of allowed me to be where I am now. And I never have really, they haven't really got the thank yous for those things, right? And then the big one is just my mom. She doesn't get, she doesn't get the near the recognition that a 65 year old winning a national championship should get. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast with Tats. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe, rate, and connect with us on social media. Stay alpha on the pickleball court until our next session.